you have a passion, hobby, or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The PodStation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to Johnson & Boone Solicitors Podcast exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Johnson & Boone Podcast. My name's Mark. Uh, with me today, once again, I th- he thought he was getting away or a week off, but we've demanded he come back by popular demand nonetheless, is uh, Director of Johnson & Boone, Rob Boone. Hi, Rob. Hi, Mark. How's it going? It's very good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well. Yourself? Board of lockdown, I think. Well, I mean, I think uh, it's become the new norm by this stage, hasn't it? It is. I've started talking to myself in the mirror just for a bit of company. At least you won't get into as many arguments. It's funny enough, I do. They're, they're a lot worse because the other person in the mirror also thinks they're always right. <laughs> so, moving along uh, very swiftly, what we do each week, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, is Rob um, or one of his team will pick a subject and, and we will look at that subject and try and give some advice that will help you either avoid a problem or if you do have a problem it will give you some ideas and some pointers of how you might be able to address it or ultimately make it abundantly clear that it might be better if you get some expert advice from the likes of Johnson and Boone in order to do it. Now if you haven't listened to any of the previous shows don't panic because you can actually listen to them in a whole host of ways. Uh, the first and most obvious way is if you go to the johnsonandboone.co.uk website you will find a podcast tab uh, where all the previous shows are listed. If you click on the particular show that you're interested in, you'll actually find links running down the page of all the major podcast platforms where you can also find the show. Now, if you go there, you can even subscribe. So when the next show drops, it'll automatically upload uh, onto the device that you use to listen to your podcast, which is fantastic. If that sounds like an awful lot of hard work, then there's an even easier option, isn't there, Rob? Yeah, there is. You could download our app and every week the uh, new podcast is uploaded straight on to the app so you can listen to it from your mobile. So you actually have all of the benefits that the Johnson & Boone services have to offer, uh, which includes uh, details of all the areas of expertise that they have. You can book appointments with the team. You can contact them. You can access your Legal Guard membership. And as we've already said, you can find all the latest advice and tip articles and the podcast shows all on the mobile app, which is free to download on both Apple and Android app stores. So we did last week business structures. What is it that we're going to do this week, Rob? So uh, last week we did business structures, Rob, 
and we left it on a soap opera style cliff edge um, as to what we were doing this week. You were handing it over to the public to decide. Yeah, we were. So what we want each week is to make sure that we're talking about the topics that, that people want to hear about and the advice that they need at that point. Um, following on from last week's podcast, a lot of the questions that we received were um, in relation to limited companies and the duties of directors um, of those companies. Because if you remember, we touched on that in certain circumstances, they can become personally liable. Um, so this week, we're going to be covering those duties uh, and doing a whistle-stop tour of them. So in this context, we're talking about directors and limited companies. So from the business structure show that we, we mentioned last week, uh, you looked at all four of the main uh, business structures that are offered in the UK, and one of those structures was limited companies. So we're, we're honing in quite specifically on that type. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so so once um, appointed, a company director becomes subject to various duties that determine how they may or, or may not act. Um, the idea is to make sure that the duties that are in place protect the company and hold the director to account for their actions. Um, and a breach of those duties can give rise to liability on behalf of the director, uh, an action that it can be taken by the company uh, or in very limited circumstances by the shareholders by way of a derivative action. Now, we're talking about directors here. One of the things that quite often people get confused about is the difference between a director and a shareholder. I think some people either assume they're the same people or just don't understand what those differences are. So um, explain. <laughs> yeah, you're spot on. There's often a misconception for people as to the difference between shareholders and directors. And that's because in many smaller companies, they are exactly the same individuals. Um, they are, however, completely different roles. So a company director is appointed to a limited company in order to manage the day-to-day -day business activities, uh, the finances, and to ensure that all statutory filing obligations are met. Um, a shareholder is obviously the owner of the company and they often will be the ones that will provide the financial backing uh, in return for later dividends if the company does well. Okay, so they can be the same person, but they're very much distinct roles. Focusing in on our topic for today, which is the direct in particular, what duties do they normally have to fulfil? Well, as a first sort of starting point, if we explain that before the companies act, came into force in 2006. The duties were set out within um, a stream of case law. Um, and it was on the principle that the directors are fiduciaries of the company and therefore they owe fiduciary duties. What do you mean if people are unfamiliar with that term? Fiduciary duties are, are basically responsibilities and those responsibilities include duties to exercise a reasonable skill and care to act in good faith, to act in the interest of the company. Um, the position has now moved along and, and following the introduction of the Companies Act, there are now seven general duties uh, and it's much easier for people to understand. Okie dokie, well we like nice and simple and straightforward because it means we can go through them in a nice and logical manner. Uh, so let's start with the first one. What is job number one? Well, job number one, is, as you put it, Mark, is, is a duty to act within their powers. So this is a general duty 
that was a codification of the old fiduciary duty that a director must use his power for a proper purpose and must act within those powers. Uh, and those powers would be as confirmed within the company's memorandum of association or articles of association. Um, so, so an example of, the, of if this duty was breached would be if a director was acting outside of the powers that were set down within um, the company's articles. Uh, last last week, you gave me, or rather you left me with the responsibility of coming up with an example of it, and we ended up referring to Bob the Builder. So I'm going to defer to you this week to perhaps give an example of what you mean by a, a duty to act within the powers. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll stay away from cartoon characters, if that's okay. But um, we're talking about, so if, if, if you take, for example, um, let's say the articles will allow a director to enter into contracts within the you know the day-to-day -day running of a company but only if they're limited to say ten thousand pounds if a director goes off and enters into a contract worth fifteen thousand pounds then he'll have breached his duties that's okay. probably the simplest way of, of understanding that one i'm going to leave you to be responsible for all examples in the future uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what what about duty number two um, well, duty number two is to promote the success of the company. So it, it sounds a fairly obvious one. But this duty is mainly based upon the previous fiduciary duty to act in good faith and in the best interests of the company. Um, so when considering this and whether they're, they're complying with this, a director should have regard to various general factors that all sort of play in. So we're looking at things like what would the long-term consequences be if something that they were doing or a decision that they were making? Uh, would it be in the interest of employees, um, in the interests of fostering business relationships? What impact would it have on, say, the community or, or the environment? Um, and, and in the mix of all these things, you know, they have to take into consideration whether they're maintaining a good reputation uh, and overall as well, are they acting fairly? And how do you assess whether someone's breached those responsibilities and um, a subjective rather than objective test is applied so the director is required to act in a way that he himself or, or her herself um, honestly believes satisfies that duty okay so they all sound relatively uh, commonsensical at the moment what about number three yeah most of these are fairly common sense it's just there are um their interpretation is is often slightly uh, wider and different than than what they sound. So the next one is a a duty to exercise independent judgment, um, and this is just a reinstatement of the old fiduciary duty that a director must not fetter at his own discretion. Um, so this duty just seeks to ensure that directors act independently when making decisions um, and. Again, it's all about fairness and, and the integrity and, and, and acting in, in, in the best interest of the company. So not feathering your own nest. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if, if we're looking again at an example, because I know I'm taking charge of the examples today, Mark. <laughs> Very um, wise. A director, for example, um, they couldn't enter into an agreement with a shareholder when that shareholder was appointing them that they would act, uh, that they would vote in a particular way um, at board meetings, so it's it's them maintaining their own independence. They're making decisions based upon what they think and based upon their own judgments, rather than being guided in a in a certain way by a third party.
Check out award-winning Johnson & Boone Solicitor's unique product, Legal Guard. Ideal for businesses and individuals, Legal Guard ensures you get the legal help you need when you need it. Packages start from just £24 a month and include free expert advice, access to a library of legal documents, as well as exclusive discounts on a range of services. For more information, visit johnsonandboone.co.uk forward slash legal guard and quote the code for Chesh. Fantastic. Number four. Uh, the fourth general duty is, is a duty to exercise reasonable care skill and, and diligence. Um, this, again, it, it codifies a previous a common law duty of, of care and skill. Um, this attempts to ensure that directors are carrying out their functions sufficiently and competently and carefully. Um, the duty is assessed, though, by reference to a, a fairly complicated two-stage test. So this is one of the more complicated duties, although it, it seems fairly straightforward. The first element is an objective assessment, which varies depending upon the particular functions and responsibilities of the director in question and their circumstances. The second element is then a subjective test, and it looks at knowledge and skill um, and the experience of the individual concerned. Are there any sort of tips that we can give to people to perhaps check themselves continuously about whether they are likely to fall into that kind of uh, criteria, whether or not they're likely to meet that kind of criteria. If, if you're the director and the shareholder, it's not quite as important because ultimately the consequences are going to kind of land at your feet anyway, aren't they? But I'm thinking more about bigger companies where you have uh, shareholders who have invested in the business, who are separate to you as the director and it's quite a, as you say, there's there's an objective element to that, which means it's it's very open to interpretation. And I suppose some people might become worried about whether or not what they're doing is correct. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, just just to sort of pick up on a few things, all of these duties are owed to the company rather than the shareholder. So the company is a separate legal entity. So even if you are the sh one of the shareholders and one of the directors, whilst you know in, in practice you need the company to work for your own benefit in that instance, the duties are actually owed to the company. And, and as we'll discuss later on, if there's any um, action to be brought, it's generally brought on behalf of the company. The best thing that people can do and the reason why we're doing a whistle-stop tour of all these is just have a basic understanding of what's required from them. And then there's a general air of just acting with a level of integrity um, and, and skill and diligence and making sure that you know what you're doing in your role uh, and you do it to the best of your ability. That's normally the best people can do. And is it worth getting a second opinion? Is that kind of where you guys come in if people do find themselves into a, a grey area or in whether they might have wandered off the path slightly? Yeah, of course. I mean, if there's any any questions at all off, off the back of this or if, if people have any any concerns in the future, then it's always better to get some expert advice because, as I say, whilst we're doing a, an overview of this, it is just an overview and it is much more in-depth and complicated 
this the idea of this really is just to give people a flavor so they can understand how it works on a on a really foundation level okie dokie well I've, I've taken you off on a tangent there what what what's number five um the next one that we'll talk about is the duty to avoid a conflict of interest um and this replaces the former fiduciary duty that a director must not um unless in circumstances where the consent of the company has been given and place himself into a situation where his personal interests and the duties that he has to the company are in conflict um if a director does breach this duty he'll be required to account to the company for any profit that he's made as a result of that breach do we have any examples of that that people can perhaps yeah it, it, it could be a situation where for example um he and, and, it, and it leads on really to a later one as well but there could be a situation whereby he picks um, a specific contract because there's um, a financial incentive to do so um, as a result of that financial incentive, which, as I say, it ties into another one of the duties, which is a, a duty to declare interests that may give rise to the director unfairly being in a, in a, a more advantageous fin financial position. He'd have to account to the company for those profits. I'm very glad I'm leaving all the examples to you. Uh, right, duty number six. Duty number six is is a duty not to accept benefits from third parties. So this is um, there's a few exceptions. First of all, so if um, if the benefits have been approved by the shareholders, or if they're permitted by the articles, or if the benefit is such that it it couldn't possibly um, give be regarded as likely to give rise to a conflict, then that's okay. Um, but it's to stop again this situation whereby a third party is basically bribing a director into making a certain decision, and this all runs alongside the the provisions of the bribery act as well, and 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 the, and the interplay with that. Okay, and number seven. So number seven is the one that we referred to before when we were talking about number five, um, and it's the duty to declare interests. So this replaces the the former equitable. Uh, a principle that a director must disclose to the company any interest that they have in a transaction. Um, otherwise, it, it would be voidable. So, again, this is a situation where, let's say the director has another company and he enters into some sort of um, commercial agreement with that company. If the shareholders of company A weren't aware of his involvement in company B, then they could void the transaction uh, on, on, on the basis of the non-disclosure. Wow, so it's a proper whistle-stop tour of the seven duties, uh, as we sort of touched on slightly, certainly with the, the number four, which was the reasonableness. There's an awful lot more um, light and shade to each of these duties, and particularly, I suppose, the circumstances that arise that people are asking you to advise them on. What are the general consequences if people do break these duties? There's various remedies um, that can be sought. So um, as, as, as we've noted before, there can be a requirement for the director to account for any profits that they've made. Um, there can be a requirement for a director to return any company property. Um, there could be a, a payment of equitable compensation. Uh, it could lead to the rescission of a contract. Or if it's a future threat that um, there may be a breach, 
it is possible to seek an injunction to prevent that breach from taking place. It's important that we understand, though, that the idea isn't to compensate the company, uh, but to confiscate any profits that a director has made um, off the back of a breach. And the example we gave previously where you may have a director and a shareholder are two entirely different people or even multiple directors and one of those directors is felt to have breached those duties. It makes sense that that the other people involved within the company might do something about it because they see that there's a, a detriment that's been caused to the business, which ultimately they have a vested interest in, whether it's part of ownership or because it employs them and if it goes out of business they will lose out. Those examples you've just given then still sort of um, revolve around people taking internal action because of something that's been done wrong. What happens if uh, you are, a, say, a sole director and a sole shareholder and you don't comply with those responsibilities? What sort of consequences can you face then? Well, there are still you know, situations whereby uh, there can be intervention from other parties. And as I say, I'm trying to keep this as, as straightforward as we can and as narrow as we can, just for the general overview. But even those that are involved in, in a company on their own, if they do breach their duties um, and you know it, it comes to the forefront, there are situations where they can be struck off as being a director. Um, and obviously, if you're struck off as being a director, um, you won't be able to be a director of a future company either. So it, it is still a case where everybody in the role of a director, the rules aren't in any way um, limited to situations where there's more than one party involved or any any situations where it's limited to there being a board or of, of other directors. They apply equally to everyone. And the ultimate sanction, as opposed to anybody in that situation, is that you may no longer be able to hold that position in, in a company moving forward if what you're doing is, for example, unlawful. These are all quite technical. And again, as you've said, it's very much subject to the circumstances that people find themselves in. What co- what sort of warning signs do people need to look out for that might prompt them to need to come to someone like you to get some help and some advice? I think if there's any situations where there are disputes within companies in, in terms of how a director is behaving. So that is if you find yourself in a position where you're maybe the shareholder and you're unsatisfied with how a director within the company is behaving, or maybe you're the director and, and you're, you're the one who's facing criticism, obtaining some advice nice and early on in relation to what those allegations are, or maybe if, if, if you're the party who's going to make them, and, and how they should be structured um, and whether they would be sufficient to cause any problems. Um, that's the sort of advice that people would be getting. And quite often there's lots of things that fall short of being breaches of, of duties um, or, or, or being sufficient for action to be taken. But we can still give advice on those and we can still get involved in, even if it's a mediation exercise with the company, um, in order to try and sort of keep it on, 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 on level terms. Brilliant. Well, that's another fascinating show, I have to say. Um, there's probably a few people who've just shifted in their seats or have suddenly thought, hmm, oh, might be worth getting a second opinion then. So in case those people are thinking that, how can they get in touch? Yeah, well, um, in all the usual ways, Mark, if anyone's got any questions at all, and as I say, this is very much... Uh, 
a whistle stop tour. So this isn't this isn't the be all and end all on this subject. It's much more complicated than what we've gone through, and there's much more to each one as well. Um, but people they can get involved in all the usual ways. So they can drop us an email to info at johnsonandboon.co.uk. They can call our office 0151 637 2034. They can look us up on any of the social media platforms. Um, we have uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, they can jump on the website, www.johnsonandburn.co.uk, and they can message us by there. They could download our app, on, and they could um, either listen back over this again and, and see if the answer is is within this or is, is the an article that, that may assist them further, or they could book um, an appointment with one of our solicitors. And get, and get some further advice that way. Blimey, you've just made me redundant. <laughs> I'm learning. You also forgot to mention, um, and I feel the need to point this out just in case I can keep my job, uh, that if people do have any suggestions for topics you would like Rob or his team to cover, then use the contact information that Rob has just suggested to suggest um, them. We're always looking for new things to talk about. There's still plenty of areas which... Johnson and Boone deal with that we've still to cover, but we're quite happy to make extra shows just to make sure that we can uh, satisfy everybody's uh, demands and queries. Yeah, absolutely. If, if there's any suggestions at all, um, or if people want us to go back and expand on anything, or if we've left that, if, if they think that we've left anything unanswered, then uh, get in touch with us, make your suggestions, and we'll we'll try and make a future show that. Uh, is is what people want to listen to. Now, are we leaving this week as a cliffhanger, or do we know what we're going to do next week? No, we're going to throw it back out, and and we're going to we're going to see uh, what topics people want us to talk about again. So this week we we ended up following on from last week's one. Um, if we do the same again, then that's absolutely fine. But if if there's another topic that people want to uh, want to hear about, then let us know, and we'll we'll do our best to cater. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Rob. Um, it's always my favourite time of the week. <laughs> um, so we'll catch you all next week, guys. As as I say, make sure you subscribe so that when the next show uploads, it'll automatically drop onto your device so you'll be able to listen to it immediately. Rob, thank you very much for your time and your help, my friend, and we'll catch you all next week. Thanks, Rob. Thanks very much. Bye now. Get social at Johnson and Boone on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.